welcome to the Contact Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Call to Act podcast. I'm your host, Donovan Jones. If this is your very first time checking out the podcast, whether it be on Apple or Spotify or YouTube, I hope that this is a blessing and a source of encouragement to you today. And if it is, it truly is the work of the Holy Spirit because full transparency, I don't have an outline. I don't have a plan behind this episode at all. I just felt like the Lord was telling me in this moment that I needed to speak. And I am trying to do everything in this ministry and this podcast, the the way that I live my life from a place of being completely spirit led and giving ownership up of everything to God. And so if I am doing that and if I am saying that, I need to speak when he tells me to speak. And as I sit here, it's February 23rd, 913 p.m. And in a couple hours will be a milestone birthday for me. Um, I'll be turning 30. And. So I'm not a big birthday guy. I'm, I've never been the type of guy that on my birthday, like I'll post a picture on my social media and be like, thankful for 22 or thankful for 25 or thankful for, you know, whatever age I was turning. I've never been that dude, but this birthday feels significant because it is 30 and I don't, I really don't know how to feel about it. Um, there's a song by Andy Minio where one of the lyrics, he says something about 30 makes you contemplate the journey. And over these last couple of weeks leading up to tonight, I've really been reflecting a lot about the things that God has been doing in and around my life, specifically the last three or four years. And then really all throughout my twenties, because there are several things that I've been praying for. And I'm going to share those with you in a little bit, but, and this is, I'm just going to go ahead and give you a fair warning. This is probably going to be a heavier episode where I'm talking about things that God is doing in and around my life. But I think that that's what God is telling me to do in this moment in hopes that Something that the spirit would allow me to say encourages you to say, you know what? Maybe I need to step out because one thing that I'm learning is when you give up ownership to God, the opinion of other people means less to you. The opinion of pleasing people and pleasing this world means less and less to you. And the things that you are fixed on, the things that you are focused on is the things that God has for you. And God has a specific calling on your life, purpose on your life, peace in your life, hope in your life, joy in your life. All of those things have your name on it. And Satan is trying to do the best that he can to try to steal those things from you. God doesn't call you by the name that Satan calls you. God calls you by the name that he sees you. And so I just want to encourage you to walk in that today. And I want to look in scripture because I've been reading. Um, I, I started over in Genesis at the beginning of the year, whenever Kelly gave me my new Bible for Christmas and I'm in the book of Exodus right now. And, and I want to read a couple of uh, different texts from Exodus chapter three, really through eight, looking at the life of Moses, because Moses has really been a figure that's been significant to me recently. And that ties back to the prayer request that I've been asking the Lord for here recently. And I'll share all that in a minute. But first, let's go ahead and get into what's up. What's up? What's up? What's up? All right. So for my what's up this week, I had something very interesting happen this past weekend. So I'll back up to the, to the Monday before I was feeling very discouraged. Um, Satan does a good job of, 
And I've said this many times before, the closer that you get to God, the bigger that target gets on your back. And Satan does a good job of trying to distract us and trying to make us think that the things that we're doing are really insignificant. The things that we're doing have no value, have no reason. There's there's no depth to anything that you're doing. And he was really knocking me down in that way. And I was I was really contemplating for the first time. I actually wrote it down in my journal. Um, what if I just quit? You know, what if I just quit doing the podcast? What if I just quit doing all these things that I'm doing? It would give me more time to hang out with my kids. It would give me more time to hang out with Kelly. It would give me more time when I'm planning out these episodes and when I'm trying to reach out to people to make connections for guests and those type of things. I'll have so much more time if I just quit. And it lasted for several days. And I remember Thursday, Friday, I was praying and I was asking God, like, is this really what you called me to do? Or have I just simply made up a calling for myself? Because it's tricky when you're doing the things of God. And I've, I've had this question come up to me a couple times recently, and it's how do you really know if you're hearing the voice of God, right? Because I think a lot of people misconstrue what they think when they hear somebody else heard God tell them this or heard God tell them that. Because I think when some people hear that, they think of just this loud, boisterous voice, you know, calling out your name. Like we're going to read about Moses here when, when God's in the burning bush and he's calling out to Moses, Moses, Moses. I think a lot of people think that that's what it is, but it's, it's not that. God speaks to us in that still small voice. We can't handle him speaking to us like he spoke to Moses. We can't handle him coming at us and just talking to us in his normal speaking voice because of how massive he is and how small and and how fragile we are. But that does not exclude us from being able to hear from him and talk to him. How you hear from God is you connect with him through prayer. You connect with him through the word. And oftentimes he either reveals himself or a word to you through scripture itself or through another person. The Holy Spirit will place something on another believer's heart. or Sometimes it's even a non-believer in a situation that the Lord can place something on them, can prick their heart in such a way for them to tell you something. And then you're, you're like, okay, this was, this was a God moment. You know what I'm saying? And I think some people might have a problem with that as well because they say, well, that person doesn't have the Holy Spirit living inside them. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that a non-believer has the Holy Spirit inside of them and those sorts of things. I'm just saying that the Lord... There's no limits to God. He's outside of anything we can fathom, but that doesn't mean that we can't understand parts of him and understand what we need to develop a relationship with him. And I know I'm kind of rambling at this point, but hopefully it all is making sense to you guys. A lot of times, especially with a podcast, you're just talking out and you're not getting any instant feedback. So you're like, is this making sense? Is this relating to anybody or any of those type of things? But so anyway, Thursday and Friday, I'm praying and I'm asking God, I'm like, Lord, is this really what you have called me to do? Or did I just make up a calling for myself? Did I allow Satan to get into my head and make me waste these last two years? Because I'm seeing fruit from these last two years, but I'll be completely honest. I'm not seeing the growth that I thought that it would be at at this point. And I was really discouraged about that. And I'm like, God, I felt like this is what you told me to do. And I can remember a specific moment where you told me that you were going to allow me to reach millions for you. I remember it. I, I can see it. I can see the moment. I can feel 
how the wind was blowing in that moment. I can feel the the gravel as I'm kneeling and, and, and praying outside of my truck on the ground to God and him telling me in that moment, you're going to reach millions for me. I remember it. And I thought, did I just make this up? Right. So we, me and Landry go to practice basketball practice Friday night. I wake up Saturday morning and Landry's in our room. And a lot of times our boys will come in our room early in the morning before we even wake up. Um, my son had my phone and I heard my phone ringing, uh, like for a text message. And I said, who just texted me? He said, I don't know. And I said, well, here, let me see. So he hands me my phone and this is Saturday. And my pastor says, it's a, it's a text from my pastor. And he says, Hey, can you lead service tomorrow night? And it was just like such a God moment for me because I'm like, man, I was feeling discouraged this whole week. And I'm asking God, is this really what you want me to do? I'm, I'm feeling like you've called me to do this. And to be honest, this was never something that I wanted to do. I think I've said this on an episode before, but I never wanted to do this. Like I never sought out ministry. Like I never sought out podcasting. I never sought out making videos or, or talking to people or doing any of those sort of things. And, um, I, this was never part of my plan, but as I got closer to God, he's revealed more things to me. And it's just like, okay, not only do I feel like he's revealed podcasting to me, but speaking as well. And he's opened the door for me to speak at my church several times at a, a, a youth group back in November. I talked about that on a past episode, but so I get this text from my pastor and he's like, can you lead tomorrow night? And it was very significant for several reasons. One, because I needed it in that moment. And the Holy Spirit, we're going to see in the text that we're going to read in a moment, the Holy Spirit gives us things that we need right when we need it. Gives us that encouragement that we need. Sometimes we feel like, man, I don't know what's going on here. I feel like I'm completely lost. I feel like I, I, I'm just I'm spinning my wheels here. And then the Holy Spirit says, here, here, I'm, I'm encouraging you. I'm giving you something that you need in this moment. Something that clearly you're crying out for. And that's where I was. I was like, Lord, it's, it's, it, what's going on? So then when I get that text and, and he says, can you lead Sunday night? First of all, I'm thinking, man, that's short notice. But secondly, my church is a little bit different in how we do things. Sunday morning, we have the regular service. And then Sunday night is basically we get in a room, either in the sanctuary or in the Sunday school room. And we basically go over the notes from the Sunday morning service. And it gives people like a group discussion time to ask questions about the sermon from this morning, or they can really bring up any topic. And there's been a lot of debates in there on Sunday night. A lot of people, I agree on this. I don't agree on this. Let's talk about it. Those types of things. And I remember thinking this, this, I'm not really nervous about it. And like I said, these people can bring up any topic. And so we go in there Sunday night and I remember on the way Kelly said, are you nervous? Because, you know, they can really ask anything. They can bring up any topic. They can take the direction of the conversation any way they want to go. Are you nervous about it? And I was like, not really. Um, and I just feel like as these moments come, like it's a, it's a God thing. And if God is bringing something, Sure, there's a level of nerves to new things, but there's a level of peace because it's from God. And so I wasn't feeling nerves. I was just feeling like peace. Like, yeah, this is what this is what I'm here for. Like, this is what I do. You know what I'm saying? And so I went in there and um, 
it's it's very different because I try to emulate some of the things that my pastor does on Sunday night in terms of he goes through the outline and he gives people space to question. He gives people space to react and he gives them a moment. So he'll go through some of the outline and then he'll say, anybody got anything? And then he'll let it sit for seven, eight seconds. And as I'm standing up there and I tried to do that, it really taught me that it's okay for there to be quiet sometimes. Right. And it's taught me that for this too, for podcasting, like it's okay for there to be silence sometimes. You don't have to just be talking all the time. You can sit and think and reflect for a moment because here's the thing. Something that can be said in that moment, Ephesians tells us that the battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities, against powers, against rules of darkness of this world, against spiritual uh, wickedness in high places. There is a constant spiritual battle going on in and around our lives. And sometimes it takes a second for our spirit man to understand what's being said because there's that constant conflict of uh, uh, the demonic realm trying to fight against the things that are good, trying to fight against our understanding, trying to fight against us something clicking in that moment. And so I love that my pastor gives people that time to react. And so that's what I did. I tried to give, like anytime I said anything, I tried to give things space to breathe, give it legs to where people can kind of, okay, I see what he said. Let me think about this for a couple seconds. Okay, wait, yeah, I got something. Because what I saw was there were several times that it would take somebody seven or eight or nine seconds to be able to respond because they had to think about it. You know what I'm saying? And so it, it really opened my eyes to that and it went great. And after it was over, um, Kelly's best friend, Megan, uh, came with us. And as we were walking out, I remember Kelly and Megan were both like, I would never be able to do that. And I was like, what? And they were like, stand up there and speak. But then also whatever question anybody had or anything that was said, you were able to like come back with something that related to what they said. And I'm like, that's a God thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not taking any credit for that because that, that has nothing to do with me. Like, I'm just a vessel. I'm thankful that it came across that way to them, that the Holy Spirit was working through me in that way. And it really, the next couple of days, I was in such a humbled state because like churches, they don't bring a lot of different people up to speak. You know what I'm saying? They don't bring a lot of people behind the pulpit. And the fact that um, my my pastors had enough belief in me and enough confidence in me to not only allow me to speak behind the platform, behind the pulpit that the Lord has given them, that they have to shepherd and they're going to have to give an account for one day. Not only do they trust me to do that, but they allow me to stand up and answer questions to people about the sermon that happened that morning and trust me that I'm not going to lead people astray and trust me that I'm, I'm going to present um, the truth from, from a biblical perspective. And so it meant a lot to me that they had that confidence in me, but I know that that's God, that's God comforting them. That's God giving them peace. That's God saying, give Donovan a shot to do this on, on a Sunday night. And so it went great. And I, I talked to my pastor several times after, and I just told him, man, I, I'm very appreciative, um, not just for the opportunity to to lead this discussion, but um, that you guys would trust me in that way. And so that's not something that I take lightly. That's something that I take very seriously. And moving forward, I just, <clears throat> not only am I thankful, but I'm looking forward to the ways that I can visibly see the way that God has confidence in me. 
You know what I'm saying? And, and I want you to take those things into your life as well. When you're walking in favor, when you're walking with God, he's going to give you the words to say in the moment. The Holy Spirit will be your guide if you let him. The Holy Spirit will be your mouth if you let him. Jesus talks about in one of the gospels, I can't remember off the top of my head, but he says something to the effect of when people bring you before the synagogues and when people bring you before the priests and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all these people, don't worry about what you're going to have to say at that moment. I'm going to give you the words to say. And I think it just, oftentimes we get so fixated and so nervous about these things and we put all of the ownership on it onto us. And that's where stress happens. That's where anxiety happens. But my pastor talked about this on Sunday. Give ownership up of everything to God. And when you come at it from that place of, oh, wait, this isn't me. This is God. It takes all of the stress off of you. If your car breaks down, oh, wait, that's not my car. That's God's car anyway. You know what I'm saying? If my computer messes up, well, that's not my, that's not my computer anyway. That's God's computer. Give ownership up of everything that you have to God. It takes the pressure off of it. And, and I've said it time and time before on here. Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. And the mindset shift of truly seeking first the kingdom, the things that will be added to you are the things that you need that will further the kingdom. You're going to ask for the things that further the kingdom. You're going to ask for opportunities. You're going to ask for uh, uh, boldness, wisdom, understanding, uh, chances to speak to people, chances to be a witness to people. And so I think not only am I thankful for all these things, but I want to put this word out there to you as well, because as I turn 30 in a couple of hours, one thing that Satan has really been using to me, using against me as well as he's saying, bro, you're too old. Like, and I know some people that might be listening to this might be in their forties or fifties or whatever. And they're like, oh, you're a young pup. Cause I've been hearing that. But, it, and then some people that are younger than me will be saying, well, yeah, you are older 30, but the, that's the lie. Like that's the lie that Satan uses when you're young. He tells you that you're too young to do a thing. Don't try it. Wait till you get a little bit older. Wait till you get a little bit more experience. Then you can try it because you're too young right now. Nobody's going to listen to you right now. You're too young. And then somewhere along the way that, that, that clock flips and then it's, you're too old. What are you trying to do? You're, you're way too old to be trying to do any of this thing, these things now. Like this is a young man's game. This is a young woman's game. This is not time for you. You missed your chance, but that's what Satan does. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but God is bigger. God is bigger than any. And I made a video about this the other day on my Instagram, but I just feel led to say it again here today. God is bigger than any idea that Satan tries to put inside your head. God is bigger than any age. God is bigger than any denomination. God is bigger than any genre of music, of, of, of anything. God is bigger than anything that you can possibly imagine. God is bigger than the box that often we put him in, knowingly or unknowingly. God is bigger than all of those things. And if you just, like it says in Micah, put him to the test. Now, I'm not saying, God, do this. And then just expect, why, why didn't you do this, God? But I'm saying, just try God. Try giving ownership up to God of everything that you have and just see what he does. Watch how he works. He's faithful. He's going to come through. He's not going to let you down. He is the good and perfect father. He's not going to let his children down. And so the passage that I want to look at, and I know that was a longer what's up. That was probably the longest what's up we've had so far, but um, 
I just think those things needed to be said in this moment. And my pastor said something the other day as well that really stuck out to me in the sermon. And he said, and I want to get this right. He said, um, don't worry about catching up. Start where you're at. So with that being said, let's look at the story of Moses here for a quick minute. In Exodus chapter um, 2, and we're going to skip around here over these next couple of chapters. Exodus chapter 2, verse 23, it says, During those days, so this is after uh, Joseph has, has died, and there's a new Pharaoh, and he doesn't know anything about Joseph, doesn't know anything about God. It says, During those days, the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery, and they cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, with Jacob. God saw the people, and God knew. So, Think about that for a second. Not only does God hear you, but he remembers you and he knows you. He knows your struggle. He knows the things that you're going through right now. He knows the ways that you need him. And he's got a plan. If you go to Exodus chapter three now, um, this is, uh, we're, like I said, we're going to skip around a little bit. So we see the burning bush here. Um, this is Landry, my five-year-old's favorite story, the burning bush. Uh, we're going to skip around first, first in verse number seven, um, the, la the last couple words there, the Lord says to, to Moses, I know their sufferings. I know their sufferings. In verse number 11, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And the Lord said to him, but I will be with you. And this is something, if you listen to the episode that I put out a while back, I think it was called 300 with Gideon. Those were the same words that he said to Gideon. When Gideon said, I am the least of the least tribe, who, why are you sending me? And the angel of the Lord said, but I will be with you. And that's the same thing. God is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever. He's never going to change. He is going to be with you. If he calls you to do a thing, he's going to see it through with you. He's not going to leave you on a ledge by yourself. He's not going to leave you on an island by yourself. He says, but I will be with you. Get down to verse number 16. The Lord said, I have observed you and what you have done. And what has been done to you in Egypt. And I promise that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the, the Hevites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing from milk and honey. And they will listen to your voice. So if you know anything about Moses, he's this whole time God's trying to call him here in these first couple chapters. He's just arguing with God back and forth. <laughs> I can't do this. I can't speak. Why are you choosing me? Please, please pick somebody else. And then if you go to the uh, verse number 19 here in chapter 3, it says, But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand. So not only does God know the suffering, he has a plan to work in that situation to alleviate the things that are, that are hindering you from full and total and complete worship to him. He says, So I will stretch out my hand to strike Egypt with the wonders that I will do. And after that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. When you go, you shall not go empty. And then the, the last uh, couple words there in chapter 3 says, So you shall plunder the Egyptians. So I said a little bit earlier that I was going to share a couple things that I have been praying about recently. And I'm being very vulnerable in this moment because th this prayer some people might think is crazy. This prayer some people might not agree with. But this is what I'm feeling led by the Spirit to pray for that I feel like I need for my ministry. Uh, maybe not now, maybe it's at some point in the future, but I've been praying 
And I think that's why I was facing so much spiritual warfare last week and why Satan was trying to make me feel so defeated last week. Because a couple of weeks ago, I started praying for access to God like Moses had. I want to be so close to God that he's literally leading everything that I do. Um, Proverbs 3, 5 talks about trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. That goes back to that giving ownership to God. If you give it to God, he's going to direct you. And James, James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That is my prayer. I'm trying to get as close to God as I possibly can to where I can hear his voice, hear his guidance, that I know what I'm doing is of him and from him. And then how it says, I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. That's the second thing that I've been praying for is favor. I've been praying for, and it's funny because I've been reading the story of Joseph and I talked about it a couple weeks ago in several episodes, but Joseph had favor in his life everywhere that he went. He had favor with his dad. He had favor in, as, a, 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 as a slave. He had favor in the prison and then he had favor uh, in the eyes of Pharaoh to be second in command. If you look Everywhere in his life that was favor, that was, it was obvious that God was working in his life to the fact that people could recognize it. People saw there's something different about that dude. And so I've been praying that the Lord would, would grant me that. And like I said, when I earlier, I said that I look back in my life and see that God's already been doing that. I look in my life and this is, I don't want this to be an episode where you guys listen to this and you're like, who does this? This guy is so full of himself. I, I, I pray that I'm not coming across that way. I'm just trying to, like, I don't know, just just um, testify the ways that I've seen God working in my life. Because one of the things that I feel like God's called me to do is to build people's faith. And one of the biggest ways that builds my faith is scripture, obviously. But a lot of times, especially before I really, really got into scripture myself, it was seeing other people's stories and seeing the way God was working in other people's lives. And then I could say, oh, wait, this is a real world story. These are things, and, and obviously the Bible is too, but I'm saying in some people's mind, they could think, oh, well, I can see this person in front of me. This is a tangible story that I can relate to. And so that's what I'm hoping that as I articulate the things that I'm trying to explain, that they're perceived that way, like like they're, like they're understood and they're um, consumed in that way. Like it doesn't come across as like, I'm just trying to say, oh man, my life's been this and that. And that. I pray that it doesn't come across that way. But I look at my life and I've seen a level of favor that God has given me everywhere that I've went, um, with, either with basketball coaches or um, with the jobs that I've had throughout my 20s. Um, and it's as I look at that, I'm just going to go ahead and share this. I, I remember when when we had first started having kids, I remember um, actually before that, when me and Kelly got married, I told her, I said, I, I don't care how many kids we have, but... I want a son named Landry Jones, and I don't want to have any kids past 30. I don't want to start over with a newborn at 30 years old. And thank God, um, you know, I got my Landry Jones, and he looks just like me, and he acts just like me, and he's just answered to prayer. You know, he's what I prayed for. And so that's another example of God showing me favor by allowing me to have the son that I had wanted since I was a kid. You know, I remember being at outside of our house, playing in our backyard, um, right around the time that my parents got divorced. And I remember texting my girl, my little middle school girlfriend at the time and telling her one day, whenever I get older and I get married, I'm going to have a son. I'm going to name him Landry Jones. And this was when I was like 13 years old. 
And the Lord allowed me to do that. And I'm very thankful to have Landry and I'm thankful for all my kids. But it's just like, um, in the same way that I didn't want to start over with a baby in, into my 30s, I don't want to be driving a truck in my 30s. This was, this was also never a part of my plan, driving a truck. And to those of you who maybe just started listening not that long ago, I'm a truck driver. I've been driving a truck since I was 21. The whole story, the whole beginning behind that was I met my wife and I knew that I needed to do something that was going to provide for her. I knew I was going to marry her, but I was like, I'm working at Papa John's. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to be able to provide for a family working at Papa John's flipping pizzas. And uh, so I got my CDL, started driving. And it's, it's, it's not, I'm very thankful to have a job that I could provide for my family, but it's never something that I've had a passion to do. Um, it's never something that I saw myself doing. And so when I think about it, I'm like, man, Lord, I don't want to be driving a truck all of my thirties. Like I've been doing all of my twenties. And when I think about that, I think about this fact as well. As I turn 30 in a couple hours, I've always been the youngest in the room in terms of, I remember when I was in fifth grade, I played basketball on a summer league team and I played up to the, to everybody that was sixth graders on that team going into seventh grade. When I was in fifth grade, going into sixth, when I was in seventh grade, they tried to move me up to the eighth grade team. When I was in eighth grade, they did move me up to the high school team. When I first started driving a CDL, I've always been the youngest driver. I've always been the youngest in the room to the point where, uh, several of the dispatchers, when I first started driving, they would call me the baby driver, you know? And so I, I look at that and I ask God and I pray, I pray that you allow that to continue. And so with me being 30, obviously that doesn't mean I'm going to stop aging, but what does that mean if the Lord allows that? And that's a level of favor to continue into my thirties. That means bigger rooms. I have to be walking into bigger spaces. And a level of trust that, Lord, um, when you put me in these spaces, it's for a reason, and it's to point to you, and you're going to give me the things to say and the words to speak in that moment, and whatever needs to be done in that moment, I pray that you would use me and work through me. But I'm, I, I am curious, because I also, at the same time, I pray that if it's not the Lord's will for me to do any sort of full-time ministry or any of those things, that he would give me a peace where I'm at in this truck because where God has us is for a reason. So maybe there is something that I need to do where I'm at, or maybe it's, it's waiting for somebody else to do something to where it connects with what we're supposed to do together, where our calling, where maybe our ministry aligns to where we're supposed to work together. I don't know. I'm not God. I just know that I'm thankful that he has a plan and a purpose that's bigger and outside of my comprehension, because if that wasn't the case, he's not much of a God, but he is. And that's why I trust him. And that's why I'm, I'm really trying to get as close to him as I possibly can, because I want to know as much as he is willing to allow me to see. I want I want to reach the heights that he has for me. I want to walk in my full purpose in the full destiny that he has for me. I want to do every single thing that he has for me in this life. And you should want to strive and do after the same. God is going to, and and not only use you in a way, but use what you have at your disposal. 
And I've said that time and time again on here. I started out in our driveway recording episodes in my truck. And then I was recording episodes in my son's room. And then in mine and my wife's room. Now I'm in here. God always uses what you have, what you're comfortable with, sometimes outside of your comfort zone, but things that you know. He's going to allow you to use those things. And this is just a perfect example here in chapter 4. As Moses asked God, you know, what if the people don't listen to me? The Lord says to him, what do you have in your hand? And Moses replies, a staff. He said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses ran from it. He used what Moses used every day. He used something that Moses was familiar with, but in a way to show his power, to point back to him. And that's what God's going to do with the talents and the gift things that he's given you. Use those unto him. Don't sell yourself short with the talents that God has given you. Verse number 10 of chapter 4, he says, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent. And the Lord comes back to him. Who made man's mouth? Did I not make man's mouth? I will be your mouth and teach you what you shall speak, the Lord says. And then Moses keeps on, please send somebody else. And so verse number 14, And then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? And if you go down a little bit, this is something that I thought was interesting. If you look in verse number 24, At a lodging place on the way, the Lord met him and sought to put him to death. So I called my pastor about this because I was like, you, you can see the constant Moses is arguing with God back and forth. I don't want to do this. Can you send somebody else to the point where I'm, I'm wondering? And I asked my pastor and my pastor said, basically, this is one of those things that we don't have an answer for. But it's significant in some way because it's in Scripture, but we don't have an answer for it. And he even said that it, he went back and looked at some of his notes and he said, this is one of those things that a lot of theologians and a lot of professors and those type of things call this just one of the mysteries of the Bible. We don't know what it was exactly that set God off to the point where God was saying, I'm going to put him to death. Some people think it's because God told him to circumcise his sons before he went to Egypt and he hadn't done it yet. And so he was working out of order. Or some people might think it's because he was constantly arguing with God and God said, okay, you know what? I'm getting tired of this. I'm just going to come down there and I'm just going to kill you. Uh, we don't know exactly, but I'm looking at it as like, okay, God is saying, I've had enough of this. It's over. I'm coming down there. But then obviously, verse number 25, Zipporah took a flint. Zipporah is Moses' wife, took a flint, cut off some of the foreskins, touched it to Moses' feet with him. She said, surely you are the bridegroom of blood. So he let him alone. So the Lord let him alone. Um, so... Moses better thank God that he has a, uh, a, a woman behind him that is, uh, that's got his back. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to kind of skim through a couple of these really quickly because we're going to get out of here. So if you look in chapter number five, I'm just going to give a brief little outline. He goes to Pharaoh and he says, you know, let my people go. Pharaoh says, not only do I not know your God or respect your God, I don't know Joseph. I don't know anything about these things that you're talking about. I'm going to make your lives harder because you're just trying to be lazy. You're trying to get out of work. So he doubles their work, takes away the help that they did have by giving them, I believe it was straw. Uh, yeah, giving them straw. And he says, your, your work still needs to be completed as if we were providing for you straw. So he makes their life even harder to the point where in, in chapter number six, verse number nine, Moses spoke to the people of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. So they're beaten down. Their spirit's been broken. They're having to work as hard as they possibly can. And then Moses comes and saying, I've got a word from the Lord. You're going to be delivered. But then their work is just made even more difficult. Their lives are being made even more harder. And so I look at these, I look at not only 
Moses how he was at the beginning, how he's arguing with God, how he doesn't want to do it. But the people, we don't believe, you know, we're not, we're not believing that God is actually doing and saying what he's telling you. So then we see in chapter number seven, the first plague, which was the water turned to blood. Pharaoh still has his heart hardened. And then if you look in chapter eight, this is the switch that I want to leave you guys with. And this is the last couple of verses that we're going to, we're going to read. And I want you guys to remember Moses at the beginning begged God, please send somebody else. This is not for me. I'm not, this is, this can't be what you're calling me to do. I know this is not what you're calling me to do. Please send somebody else. The second plague comes and it's frogs. Chapter eight, verse number eight says, then Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron and said, plead with the Lord to take away the frogs from me and from my people. And I will let the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. Moses said to Pharaoh, be pleased to command me when I am to plead for you and for your servants and for your people, that the frogs be cut off from you and your house and be left only in the Nile. And he said, tomorrow. So Moses said, be be it as you say so, that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. You guys catch that switch there? To where Moses is arguing with God saying, I don't want to do it. Arguing with God saying, what if the people don't listen to me? Arguing with God saying, can you send anybody else? I, I can't talk. And he's seen God do the water to blood. He's seen God do the snake, the, the throwing the staff down, turning into a snake. He's seen God uh, allow him to put his hand into his shirt, pull it out, and it's disease-ridden, and then put it back in, and it's made whole again. He's seen God work. And what did that do? Build his faith to not only the point where he is now speaking to Pharaoh instead of Aaron, but he's saying, what time do you want this plague removed from you? When? Tell me when, and it's going to happen. Because I've seen God work. I've seen God move. Tell me when you want it done. And that's when it's going to happen. Because I know what God can do. My faith has been built from the plagues. The plagues weren't just for Pharaoh. The plagues were to build the faith of the people who had their spirit broken. The plagues were for Moses who said he couldn't do it. Now he's saying, when do you want it done? And that's what I want to leave you guys with today. God, what, what do you want? What do you want me to do? I am here. I trust you. I believe in you. Whatever you want me to do, lead and guide me. And I'm here. I'm ready. Let's do it. So that's it. That's all I got. Um, hopefully this was a blessing to you. I know I kind of rambled there a little bit. Um, Thursday, got another reaction video coming out. Those have been pretty cool. Uh, there's been a lot of um, people reaching out and asking me to react to different ones. It's been a surprise to me because I am a big fan of rap music. I've had a lot of people reaching out asking me to do um, like contemporary Christian and worship, which I'm down for it. I love that that type of music too, but it was just kind of a shock to me. I expected more, more rap um, reactions, uh, recommendations, but it's all good. So um, hopefully you guys are enjoying that. Um, if this podcast is something that you enjoy, I want to encourage you, if you feel led to do so on Apple, scroll all the way down to the bottom, rate it five stars, put in a, um, a review if that's something that you feel led to do. Subscribe if you're not already subscribed on YouTube and tell somebody about what we're doing here, man. We're really trying to build the kingdom. I really, I really feel strongly that the Lord is calling me to do this and I need your help to continue to push this further. 
not just by spreading the the message about this podcast, but spreading your gifts and your talents around people that you can point them to God in whatever field that you're in. And so um, God bless you guys. I love y'all. Lord willing, same time next week. Oh, my God.